following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to get together on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show, 19 stations strong. For the station close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. Also, there you can listen to the free stream weekdays 3 until 6, all night, all day. Replay the show, repeats in its entirety. Every weeknight, 6 p.m. until the next show airs at thehugeshow.net. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show. And you can listen anywhere in the world where you get mobile service. Inside this broadcast, we'll talk some hoops. Michigan basketball looked fantastic last night against St. John's at the Garden and NYC. They have some athletes. They like to push the ball. Playing more defense than last year. Part of me is like, is Phil Martelli a better floor general and head coach than Juwan Howard? That's just an honest statement. Um, I'm saying that it's the how the visual, how this team looks. And considering what they lost off of last year's team, but they had a lot of individual players. They did. You could see they had no chemistry. This team, you can feel the chemistry coming out of the TV screen. Start to finish. Solid job. Martelli and his coach and his rotation, which isn't big. That's another thing. You know, Izzo, and he has Duke tonight in the Champions Classic. And we'll talk to Kyle Austin from MLive.com coming up in about 20 minutes. If you're trying to keep 10, 11 dudes happy, that makes it tough for a flow to the game. Michigan really is a seven-man, if not an eight-man rotation. And McDaniel was fantastic on the big stage last night in the Big Apple. They're 3-0. and I'm not going to anoint them a champion yet, but I did not expect this. And part of me when I was watching the DVR of the game is, okay, can Martelli set it up better than Howard? And I know Juwan is recovering from the heart procedure. Juwan hasn't been a big X's and O's guy, and he knew that, and that's why he put Martelli next to him on the Michigan bench. 
that was just some good basketball. Yeah, and Rick Patino and St. John's, those are two big basketball names. But I think Patino, when I'm talking about too many guys, he mentioned that too many transfers. You're trying to keep a rotation of 10 or 11 happy. It was evident last night, Michigan with the shorter rotation. Dudes are in shape now. They're college kids. They're running all the time. And you're trying to rotate in 10 or 11? I I thought that was a big factor in that loss to James Madison. That your Tom Izzo and your rotation is great when everything's working. But also, you can't just rely on your returning group. And you have freshmen who are going to be possibly one and done, but I don't see any one and done guys yet. Maybe tonight against Duke in the Champions Classic. That will tell you, you know, James Madison's a good team. I'll just say that. They're a good basketball team. They're, they're the type of team that could pop into the Sweet 16, depending on the bracket and how the rest of their season plays out. Duke, Michigan State will be interesting because Michigan State has to find some shooters. John Beeline, by the way, former Michigan coach, will talk Duke, Michigan State, Michigan's win last night, rest of the Big Ten, touch on the Pistons. He talks hoops every Tuesday on the huge show across Michigan, so we'll hear from Coach Beeline later. Tim Stout, Stout on sports on Michigan State and Duke. And also, who's the next head football coach at Michigan State? They're not going to get the pick. I, I get the Michigan State fans and the message boards and MSU Twitter. You, you think Urban Meyer, every big-name coach wants to come to East Lansing. I have to ask you this for the Michigan State fan. How much talent is returning? How much? Look at what's inside the Big Ten right now. Even with the hit job happening on Harbaugh in Michigan. Oh, did you hear free Jim Harbaugh when I was watching the DVR? They were chanting that at Madison Square Garden. Free Jim Harbaugh. Michigan versus everybody and free Jim Harbaugh t-shirts. People are asking me, where do I get them? Some say Harbaugh's chickens are running more free than Harbaugh. (laughs) Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com said that he was the one that asked Harbaugh about his chickens. Okay. Looks like you did your homework before the press conference yesterday. Yeah, so you're a, a potential MSU candidate. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, the money they can pay somebody, the money they can pay somebody in East Lansing. No. They overpaid for a coach that that they were desperate to hire one, so he was sub-500 out of Colorado. I, I think, and I was listening to Anthony Bellino on the Michigan Sports Network, X's and Bro's, I know it's heard weekday mornings on our flagship station, 96.1 The Game, 100.9 FM, The Mitt. Awesome name for those listening in Midland Bay City, Saginaw, and also in northern Michigan, 104.7 and AM 1340, The Ticket. I like the candle guy from Toledo. I really do for Michigan State. It's going to be a 
building process. It's four full recruiting classes. You get a coach who's going to be there for a while because he has to build them into a winner and then win for a while before he could get another job. And I like the candle guy at Toledo. They have athletes. They're innovative with their offense. I think he would be the perfect type of guy. I do. I I really believe that. That's what Michigan State needs. I know for you on the Michigan State message boards and those of you on MSU Twitter, you will only settle for the biggest name money can buy. That's all you want. And you're not looking at the reality of the state of the Michigan State football program. Great fans, unbelievable facilities, and literally minimal talent, zero superstars or superstars in the making. That's not just based on this year and not and having Harlan Barnett or D'Antonio coaching. It's where Mel Tucker took the program because he relied on transfers. Which transfers are about win now and hope the next group of transfers pan out and it didn't happen with him after Kenneth Walker made him almost, well, give or take on what he's going to lose when it's all said and done, made him almost $100 million. So you're a Michigan State fan. Like Michigan, I have to remind you that people weren't lining up when your jobs were open. They weren't. Hackett had to go pry Harbaugh to come take the job. Think about the Lions. How how many big-name coaches were lining up to take the Lions? Oh, everybody had a list. Oh, I remember all those searches. Everyone had a list. The reality is this. You take a coach who had a great track record in the MAC. He walks in with few expectations, but incredible resources now. And I'm not knocking Toledo. Incredible resources to even upgrade what he's done. Uh, what's Toledo right now? Are they nine and one? Ten and one? Are they nine and one? Ten and one? So like nine and one, something like that. Might be eight and one. They have one loss, and it was still annoying. They sh- should have won the game. That's where Michigan State needs to go because you have Texas A&M is going to overpay. They're in the SEC. They're going to go out and buy a big-name coach. Mississippi State is not going to get a big name. It wouldn't surprise me if they brought Mullen, their old coach, back and said, let's run it back. But I think Candle at Toledo, knowing the Midwest, recruiting, Good leader, if not great leader. I was listening to Anthony Bellino, who does a lot of work with the University of Toledo. He's also the in-stadium voice and TV guy for Michigan football. The Lions fills in, I think, does some games for the Wings on PA, Michigan men's and women's basketball. And he's still working at Danny's Fine Foods, the family grocery store in Monroe. They actually have two locations. And he does the X's and Bros broadcast on the Michigan Sports Network Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. until 9 a.m. Yeah, I, I like the candle guy at Michigan State. I really do. 
And I think you're Michigan State right now. You have to keep you have to keep your boosters happy. So the people floating you the money aren't going to wait for a guy from Toledo to turn it around. They want, you know, Urban Meyer was the big dream. Pay him 20 million a year. Oh, there's a video of him smacking a girl on the butt in the bar. Can he win nine games? Uh, and now it's kind of settling in that the Michigan State fan knows Harbaugh, with or without him on the sidelines, Michigan has one heck of a machine right now in Ann Arbor. And we're adding to the Big Ten family of backstabbers, Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA. And the Big Ten is changing all the nicknames for the schools in regards to what they did to Harbaugh. I was looking at the list. This is pretty good. Uh, the Iowa Hammer Harbaugh's. I like that. Minnesota Golden Knives in the back. That's a good one. Mascot's going to be tough. Wisconsin. Badger the Harbaugh family. <laughs> the Penn State Connor Stallions. That sounds hi everybody, it's the Penn State Connor Stallions. The Illinois fighting Hardball lies. The Purdue. <laughs> Boil your conference family members. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's the Purdue Dahmers and the Penn State Connor Stallions. Ah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh. My God. The Michigan State Patinis Named after the Big Ten Conference Commissioner. Hi, everybody. The Michigan State Petites are set to take on the Penn State Connor Stallions. Followed by the Purdue Dahmers. Uh, the Indiana who's stealing your signs. <laughs> God, I can entertain myself all day. I could. <laughs> and now let's meet your Michigan victims starting lineup. Coach Hardball, what do you think about the Purdue Dahmers? They're good. Boiler up.
Coach, what about the Penn State concert? <laughs> Connor Stallions. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. You got to laugh. You do. You really do. If you want to join in. 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show. On Facebook, I mentioned Kyle Austin, MLive.com on Michigan State Duke tonight. Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com. Lions, top three team now in the NFL. He's a national NFL columnist. Stout, like I said, on Duke, Michigan State. Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit on the Lions win over the Chargers. Looking ahead to the Bears on Sunday. And John Beeline, each and every week talking hoops on Tuesdays here on the Huge Show. On Michigan's win last night, Dukies and the Spartans, and also the Pistons, who have the worst record in the Eastern Conference at 2-9. and nine. To the callers online, stick around. Your Huge Opinions are next. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Friday, December 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino. Single record of the year is Better Man. Special guest, Josh Greason. Tickets start at $40. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Black and Josh Greason. Friday, December 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. Earn bonus points with M-Perks at Meyer for just one more way to save this holiday season. Shop groceries, apparel, gifts, and more, and earn points on it all. And right now, earn two times the points for every dollar you spend on select Meyer brand food. Earn points every time you shop and redeem them anytime you want. Make Meyer your one-stop shop for everything you need this holiday season. And with M-Perks, you'll save even more. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he is a managing shareholder at Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew at the end of the year. And with the merger, there is growth and a chance for you to fill an executive or other high-level finance-related roles, either at Bean Garter here in downtown Grand Rapids or over at the Dorn Mayhew World Headquarters in Troy or at any of their offices across the country and around the world. They have a national specialized talent pool with ideal candidates for long-term placement, ongoing support for post-placement success. So if you're looking for that next chapter in your professional career, talk to Josh Garvey and the team at Bean Garter. Easiest way, you can call Bean Garter, ask for Josh Garvey, or go to their website, B-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com, or look for Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew, on Facebook and on Twitter. 
You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. Kyle Austin, MLive.com, Spartan Big Ten Hoops Insider will join us in a moment. Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com. Where do the Lions rank with the best teams in the NFL? Tim Stout's dot on sports on Duke, Michigan State tonight. And who will be the next Spartan head football coach? Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit, Lions Bears on Sunday. And my weekly conversation. Talking hoops with John Beeline, former Michigan coach, Cavs head coach in the NBA, Pistons advisor. Last year, he'll be working the Big Ten studio January, February, and March. John joins us every Tuesday here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Let's go talk about Michigan State Duke tonight in the Champions Classic. Kyle Austin, MLive.com, Spartan Big Ten basketball insider is standing by. On the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, my man? Doing good, Bill. I'm curious to see uh, what performance we get from Michigan State. Can they finally start hitting that outside shot? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think everybody, that's kind of their first question. I mean, on paper, they, they should be an okay uh, three-point shooting team. Maybe not quite as good as last year, but Tyson Walker's a shooter. Um, you know, Malik Hollis hit shots before, Jay Nakin hit shots before. So um, certainly they're going to be better than the 6.5% that they've hit so far, which is last of all 350 Division One teams. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to take more than that to beat Duke. Uh, I know Duke lost one the other day, but, um, you know, they're going to have to rebound better. Uh, I think they're going to need guys like Malik Hall and Jay Nakins and especially A.J. Holgrad, I've probably heard of the top of the list there. To give them a little bit more, they're going to need more than Tyson Walker dropping 35 tonight. They're going to need a lot of these veterans who have been in these big games before um, to play well to be able to pull this one off. Yeah, Duke opened up the season with a win over Dartmouth, 92-54. They lost to then number 12, Arizona, 78-73 at home. That's a quality loss if there's such a thing as a quality loss, even at Cameron Indoor tonight, 7 p.m. The tip on the Bristol Network at the United Center in Chicago. State did drop to number 18 uh, in the polls. Has Izzo talked about why this team is literally the worst shooting team in America early in the season? You know, he's kind of just chalking it up to, you know, a slump to start the year. You know, he'll say that these guys have shot well in practice, you know, throughout the summer, throughout the fall. Um, And that's really what everybody's saying. But, you know, you look at how this team's changed. It hasn't changed a lot since last year, but – they did lose Joey Hauser, who was their best shooter uh, by volume and by percentage. He hit the most and um, hit the biggest percentage of them. So they take a step back there. But I also think that having a shooter like that in the front court at the fourth spot um, really opens up an offense. And um, I, I think he, his being able to shoot there and other teams having to guard him to the three-point line I think that, that made things a lot easier for a lot of guys in the backcourt, for Tyson Walker and for Jaden Aikens and guys like that. I think they got more open shots because Joey Howard was there um, drawing defense into the front court. So I think, I think there's kind of a trickle-down effect from him, um, from him leaving. Um, Malik Hall is kind of taking his spot. He, 
I mean, he can hit some shots, but he's not the shooter that Joey Howard, Howard was. So I think they're, I think they're adjusting. I think they'll find their level eventually. But um, you know, they they've got some issues that they didn't have last year. Yeah, and one of the issues, just my observation, and Kyle Austin, MLive.com, Spartan Basketball Insider, joining us talking about Michigan State Duke tonight. Great matchup, seven p.m. The tip on the Bristol Network down in Chicago. I just feel like they have too many guys in their rotation. You know, I'm watching Michigan last night, and they basically rotate two, maybe three off the bench, and they seem to have a really good flow the first three games. And I just look at Michigan State, and it's like when they get a flow going, uh, I know it's early in the season, and Izzo is still trying to find that rotation, but I don't know if you can have a problem of being too deep, but that's my point early on with this team. Yeah, and this has kind of been the, the debate for a while, right, with Izzo. Um, you know, a lot of people think he had two bigger rotations. You know, last year they went smaller, then they got a couple guys hurt, and all of a sudden they were thin. So I, I think he felt like the bigger rotation would give him um, some insurance against injury. Um, and, you know, I, I think they'd like to be able to press a little more, to run a little bit more, and to basically have more fresh bodies to, to roll off the bench and kind of wear teams down. But – you know, that hasn't obviously hasn't really been the case. Um, you know, that didn't work against James Madison. They lost their opener there. Um, um, so we'll see. But, you know, I, I think as time goes on, these freshmen could get a little bit more acclimated and become better, um, better rotation members. Um, and and you've you got more options um, this year. So I, um, I, I can see both sides of it. Hey, probably practically speaking, as the year goes on, they will probably make it smaller. That's generally how they go once you get into Big Ten play, they'll probably be fewer guys playing and your key guys playing more minutes. But um, for now, yeah, there, there's still a lot to figure out for sure. Kyle Austin, MLive.com, Spartan Big Ten basketball insider. Well, what's your early observation on how the Big Ten looks in non conference play? Uh, not great. Um, you know, you look at uh, you look at Maryland dropping two games early to, to sub um, sub power fives. Um, you know, look at some other teams. You know, Wisconsin lost the one to Tennessee, which Michigan State did too as an exhibition. Um, you know, really the only team that I think to me has outperformed its expectations is Michigan. Um, you know, I'm not sure how good St. John's is going to end up being, but I thought they certainly looked very good last night at Madison Square Garden. Um, so between that and Michigan State losing. Uh, Purdueers look like Purdue. I guess they're they're meeting expectations, but um, it's probably too early. You know, a week into the season to start drawing any any conclusions about the league. But you know, um, for a league that really hasn't lived up to expectations in the last several years, which we've talked about, um, it's the the early returns are, are not hopeful that this will be the year that they break through. I agree with you on Michigan. Has been it's a pleasant surprise. It's not like they've knocked off three ranked teams with just the way they look compared to last year that they're playing some defense. And I said this in my opening huge opinion, is it Martelli's coaching versus uh, Howard? So uh, we'll see that when Juwan returns uh, to the bench. Uh, who is Izzo's best rotation? If, if you were his right-hand guy on that bench after the limited action you've seen so far, what would be your rotation? Um, you know, I, you start with a starting five. Um, I, you know, I think they've got the right guy starting there. Um, I know some people are down on Malik Hall. I, I think he'll come around on it. Um, you know, past that, um, I, I think Jeremy Fears needs to be in the game. I know he's not doing a lot um, on offense for you right now, um, but I, I think he's 
defending well. I think he's moving the ball well and pushing the ball in transition. Um, and, you know, Cohen Carr um, is – he doesn't have really the shooting range yet, but he's a guy that just seems to make a lot of things happen on the court, if that makes sense. You know, he's got a nose for the ball. He finishes really well. Um, he can make those really kind of exciting game-changing plays. So those are kind of the two freshmen um, I'd have off of there. Um, and then um, I, I think Trey Holloman's been okay. Uh, we'll see if there's really enough minutes for both him and um, Jeremy Fears going forward. Um, and then Xavier he's got to defend and rebound and play a little bit harder. Um, but I'd have him in there too. So I guess that's eight, uh, maybe a little bit bigger than you want. But, you know, you bring in a five-star freshman class, you got to – to find a way to play those guys uh, with the way college basketball is now and give them a chance. I mean, I think we all know what happens when guys don't get the minutes they want. So that's that's kind of the push and pull, I think, that, that they're dealing with there. One thing I, I said in watching the opening game, that college the, the good college basketball teams, in my mind, always have a spot-up three-point shooter who can give you those games when they're 7 for 12 or 8 for 11 or at least give you three threes. Uh, when you're down or you're looking to pull away and they don't have that pure shooter, I know Walker can get hot, but and I don't think Akins is in that pure shooter category. He's still a, an athletic take-it-to-the-rack type of guy. I, I'm, I'm surprised there's not one on this roster for Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, and, and I guess if you do have a, a criticism of the of the incoming freshman class, you know, they got two McDonald's All-Americans and, and Cohen Carr, None of them are really a pure shooter. I think they, all of them are, have some potential, but don't really have a pure shooter. They were the one best shooter they have is Derek Norman, who they're going to redshirt because he's not quite ready yet. Um, I, I think some of the, I do think they have guys who can hit shots. I think some of this is on AJ Hogard, who, if you've listened to Time Is or Talk lately, that's been the biggest thing he's harping on is AJ Hogard being better, AJ Hogard being more engaged, moving the ball a little bit better. Because I, I do think that if they can get the ball in the right spots to the right guys, um, namely Walker and Jaden Akins, that can unlock some things, and they and they can do it. But I don't think they've I don't think they've quite liked um, how the ball is moving. I think they're still working on doing that, and then that's what they'll try to do tonight. Kyle Austin, MLive.com, Spartan Basketball, Big Ten Insider, Michigan State, Duke tonight, 7 p.m. at United Center uh, in Chicago. Kyle, always appreciate the conversation. All right. Thanks a lot, Bill. All right. Kyle Austin checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Roast Umber, they are a GR-based craft coffee maker. They get their beans shipped up from Central America. Roast them in Grand Rapids. You can find Roast Umber Coffee in stores all across the state, or order it up for your home or business at RoastUmber.com. That is RoastUmber.com. Our Honolulu Blue, huge question of the day, presented by Coppercraft Distillery. Who's a better basketball team right now from your eye test? Michigan or Michigan State? That, that's crazy. Couple weeks in, we're asking that question. You can answer it one eight six six eight three eight four eight four three. That's one eight six six eight three eight huge. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan because they are a Michigan-based bank. You can also comment at Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook, and opt in on that Huge text chain. Text the word Huge to twenty one thousand. Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, National NFL columnist. Where do the Lions rank with the best teams 
in pro football. He'll join us in less than 30 minutes. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's the Blaze Through Fall Jeep Giveaway. Every Saturday in November, two hourly winners, 5 to 10 p.m., take home a cool $500 cash. At 11 p.m. each night, one lucky guest wins a hot new Jeep Renegade or 15 grand. The Blaze Through Fall Jeep Giveaway, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com slash business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Bill Simonson here for my friends at Urban U. They're Michigan's best med spot. Now, they have multiple locations in the Grand Rapids metro area, and you'll find an Urban U location in Northville on the east side of the state. And this is a message for any guy listening right now. How often do you think about your skin health care? Well, Urban U has multiple options that could help you immediately. Whether you work out a lot, you run, your job requires a lot of sweating, you need to think about your skin health care, and Urban U can help you, hydrofacials, and so much more. Or even your kids. Think about that. If your son, your daughter's playing a lot of sports and they're having trouble with their skin health care, Urban U has options that can help today. Just go to theurbanu.com to find out more. Locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and on the east side of the state in Northville. Go to theurbanu.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. You can join in on the Honolulu Blue huge question of the day. Who's the better basketball team right now, Michigan or Michigan State? Huge question of the day presented by Honolulu Blue, an adult crafted cocktail for those 21 and up. Blue raspberry lemonade and vodka. Available at your local bar, restaurant, pub, or store throughout Michigan. And thanks to Mooch and the crew from Coppercraft Distillery. To answer that question, 1-866-838-4843. That's 
838-HUGE. At HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show. On Facebook and opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. That's HUGE to 21000. Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, National. College football an NFL writer. He'll join us coming up in about 20 minutes. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports. He'll answer the question, who's the better basketball team right now, Michigan or Michigan State? Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit on the Lions. And then John Beeline. Every Tuesday, we bring John Beeline on to talk hoops. Today, he'll talk about Michigan's win over St. John's. Michigan State Duke tonight down in Chicago. And what's up with the Pistons with the worst record in the Eastern Conference with the new coach? And I know they had that stretch where they had a ton of injuries. I just don't know about the Pistons. I'm trying to think, and then they're young, so you don't have the leader. And Cade's personality will be lead by action. You know, he can drop 30. Their defense has been good at times, and then they don't show up and play defense, and you get a young team, and you watch the NBA, and these guys have a monster schedule, and they just can't bring it every night. I know you want to see it while you're sitting on your couch. I I don't know where the Pistons go from here. I don't. I mean, just another year where you got to play the young guys. I, I, I really thought the start, what they've added, that they had a chance to be a playing team this year. And they, there's just there's something missing, man. And I think it's a, a veteran star. You know, if we watch all these turnarounds, how they happen. It's usually a combination. Uh, you know, Pudge Rodriguez came to the Tigers, and then you start adding pieces, and you have Kenny Rogers, and you have young guys step up. Uh, you get Miguel, you know, Verlander's on his way up, and it, it all comes together, kind of like the Lions. We couldn't believe they traded Stafford. A lot of people buried Goff before he ever took a snap. And then all of a sudden they find a zone, they play well, they draft well, and quality free agents now want to come knock on your door and play. Pistons have great young talent, fantastic young talent. I think they're still the youngest team in the league. But you're watching the Oklahoma Cities or the Orlandos make this jump, and the Pistons aren't doing it. But there is a side to the NBA, man, where these dudes just take nights off. They don't even show up to play. Let's go to Big T in Grand Rapids listening on 96.1 The Game. You're on the Huge Show. Hey, how you doing, Huge? What's up, Big T? Hey, man, looking at Michigan and Michigan State basketball teams right now, after three games, man, I got to say Michigan got the better team. This team is playing like they're in January right now with the chemistry the size, the athleticism. Look at Michigan center 
on the pick and rolls. The guy is going out there guarding point guards and making the recovery back to his man. Hunter Dickinson can never do that. They've got shooters. They've got length. Michigan State has made two three-pointers in two games. That's not going to get it. Now, I don't think they're always going to shoot that porous, but you're not going to be in the top five or ten shooting that bad. They don't have any shooters. Now, the polls came out early, and they say it's a top five team in Michigan. It's not Michigan State. I believe it's Michigan. And when you listen to Patino last night after that game, who had no uh, particular dog in the fight, he was saying that that Michigan team is going to be a team to be reckoned with. And the good news is they haven't even reached their peak yet. So I'll just sit back and listen to you, Huge. All right, thank you, Big T in Grand Rapids, listening on 96 on the game, our flagship station in GR. Right now, I would say, and it's our Honolulu Blue huge question of the day presented by Coppercraft Distillery, I would say Michigan is the better basketball team. Tonight is a statement game for Michigan State to show that they're a legit Sweet 16 team. And I don't know if they're going to find that. They will shoot better. There's just common sense with numbers that the shots will drop, but they don't have those pure shooters. So I think they're going to need to push the ball. They're not going to be good in half court because teams are just going to lock in on a zone. Push the ball. Use your depth. Get the other teams tired. Because I'm looking at Michigan, and they are a team to be reckoned with. But they're not deep. So an injury, foul trouble really could change instantly where Michigan is at in a game. State has a ton of depth. So if you have all that depth, run. Don't don't get stuck in your weave and your half-court offense. You don't have the shooters. Which, in all the conversation about State being a national championship contender, and this could be Izzo's second title, and he may just walk away after this year. Steven will be done, and he'll move on to do TV or go into leadership at Michigan State. Who are their shooters? That's it. It's not A.J. Hogard. It's not Malik. You, you, you watch Walker gave him, what, 35? And they still lost to James Madison? I, I do like their freshman, but I don't see a pure shooter there. I am really interested against a tough team in Duke, what Michigan State will do tonight. And there's no better coach in preparing his team than Izzo, but Izzo can't go out there and drop the jump shots. The Michigan State fans are thinking, okay, we're going through this in football, and we're a basketball school, they were saying back in October. And State still is a top 25 team at number 18, and they get a showcase game tonight in the Champions Classic against a perennial traditional name and team in Duke. This doesn't have anything to do with the Big Ten, where Purdue, at least early watching them, I'm like, they look like the class of the Big Ten. Second best team I've seen, maybe Michigan, at least right now. And if State does what Izzo always finds a way to do when 
People love the count out is, oh, and I've said it for almost 22 years, a little over 22 years, on the show here in Michigan that you never count out a Tom Izzo coach team. But the lack of pure shooters will be a concern moving forward. And then it becomes mental. So tonight, to me, is a big night for this Michigan State team. Because if they go get hammered and they can't throw it in the ocean or hit the broadside of a barn, and you were number four, you lose tonight, you probably drop out of the top 25. Trust Tom Izzo. I'm very curious to see what we all witnessed tonight at the United Center down in Chicago. Now, remember, if you miss any huge opinion, interview, hour, or full show, our podcasts are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show, where you download podcasts and catch up and listen on your schedule. Big. Bad. Huge. is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino Casino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. We are back live across Michigan on a Tuesday broadcast. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Inside this hour, Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, National College NFL writer, will get his thoughts on where the Lions stand against the best in the NFL. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports on Michigan State, taking on Duke tonight, College Hoops in the Champions Classic down in Chicago. Can Izzo find some shooters? Also, who will be the next Michigan State head football coach? Stout from our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing, Here in about 25 minutes, Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit Lions, NFL insider in about an hour, and my weekly conversation with former Michigan head coach and Pistons senior advisor John Beeline. He joins me every week on Tuesdays to talk Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten, Pistons, and the NBA, talking hoops with Coach will be coming up later. If you want to join in on our Honolulu Blue huge question of the day presented by Coppercraft Distillery, who's the better basketball team right now? Right now, Michigan or Michigan State? Answer that at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan. They're a Michigan-based bank. Add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. Let's go talk about the Lions, NFL story headlines, Buffalo Bills. Is their run over? 
Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, national NFL columnist is standing by in the Roast Humber Coffee guest line. How you doing, my man? Doing well, doing well. Uh, what do you think about Buffalo? Uh, is it the end of the run? Is it injuries? Is it just what happens when you get a salary cap window in the league and if you don't take advantage of it, could have won a Super Bowl or two, you have to hit the reload button? I think it's a little bit of everything uh, that you just mentioned. And just uh, there's a lot of pressure on these guys. Like, I mean, you can, you can see it. Like, they're firing their offensive coordinator. I, I don't know if that's justified or not, really. And last night, I look, I thought this was really telling, and I tweeted about it a lot. James Cook had not had a fumble the entire season. In game 10, he fumbles on the first play. Like, you don't want that to happen, for sure. It's a mistake. They immediately bench him for the next three possessions for a quarter and a half. He ends up going for 120 total yards. I, you don't think he would have helped in a two-point loss? Like, I, I, but it's just showed to me that Sean McDermott is just grasping for straws. Like he's just so wound tightly that he's like, oh, that that guy fumbled his first time in ten games. We got to bench him. Like the next day, he fires off as a coordinator. I just think that playing in that fishbowl of Buffalo, which has never won a Super Bowl. Which you know, they desperately want to get there. Which they thought they, you know, were they, they've come close in the playoffs before. I just think that you know when you're five and four and now five and five, it, the pressure gets to you differently. Uh, when you know I, I was covered the Packers for a while, and you just football is different at a place like that. Like it's a place like Buffalo too, where the entire like life is Bill's football. So I just think there's a lot of pressure on these guys. Injuries have hurt for sure. I think that just, you know, teams have got better. Like, teams around them. I mean, the Miami Dolphins got better, and the, the Jets are a hard out who they lost to in week one. And do I think it runs over? Not necessarily. I think they could retool. I think they could, they could even make a run this season. It, it's not out of the question. But uh, – you see how precious these opportunities are in the NFL. We get used to the Chiefs and their five, six, seven, however many years of their run is going to be here, Patriots for 20 years. That's not usual. You usually get one or two or three at most bites at the apple, and then then you're gone. And then you know somebody else ushers you out. The Lions could take a lesson from this too. I mean, we think Lions are ascending and they're going to be here for a while. And wow, if it's not this year for a Super Bowl, maybe it's next year. You just never know when uh, you know when kind of these windows close. Speaking of windows, Lions have just uh, opened up their window. It seems where it started middle of last season. Uh, what they did against the Chargers, D line play wasn't solid. Uh, made some mistakes. They weren't solid uh, in the red zone, but uh, their offense was impressive. They win. Romo and Nance are talking about this being a potential Super Bowl team. Frank, I know we've talked about the Lions, so if you had to rank where the Lions are with the best in the NFL at this hour, where would you put them? Uh, I think I, when I did power rankings, I had them fourth, but I think the 49ers are better. Uh, I think the, when you look at the NFC, I think the Eagles and the 49ers are a better football team than the Detroit Lions. Now, that might not matter if they get the number one seed because Fort Field's going to be rocking, and you have two home wins to a Super Bowl. That's all. That's all. There it is. Go for it. And you're probably not playing the 49ers or the Eagles in the first round either. That's probably for the NFC Championship game. So I think of all the teams in football, I believe that the biggest thing going, like the biggest thing to watch over the last seven, eight weeks, 
I mean, there's a few other things, but it's whether the Lions can get the number one seed, because I think that changes the entire complexion of the NFC. If it's the Eagles getting the number one seed, I just don't think the Lions are going to the Super Bowl. I, I, maybe they can, like, you know, one-game scenario, anything can happen, of course. But if if the Lions have to play in Philly or in San Francisco, even in Dallas, if it comes to that, I just don't know that they can get over the hump, but you give me... Two Lions home games to a Super Bowl? Why not? Like, I think that just just changes the entire complexion of everything. So, do I do I think the Lions are the best team in the NFC? No, but do I think they can win a Super Bowl? Yes, because but they got to get that one seed. It's all for them. Like I thought, the Chargers game was a key kind of tipping point in their season. Of if they win this Chargers game, the rest of their schedule is up until the Dallas game, and I believe it's Week 17. All the rest of their games are winnable. Like you look and you're like, which of these games are you going to lose? You'll probably stumble once, but you might not either. You might really be in for, you know, you're going into that Cowboys game at 13 and two or whatever they would be. I think that's the key. If the key to the entire NFC right now is who gets that number one seed, I, I, I even if it's the Lions, I think that they would have a great shot of, of winning those two home games to get to a Super Bowl. What impresses you the most about the Lions when Nance and Romo will? Uh, put the phrase Super Bowl in the conversation with the Lions right now. Uh, what do you think is that similar thing that people see in Dan Campbell's team? You know, I think it's the fact that that they're doing everything well. I know they didn't play well on defense Sunday, but you know the Chargers are good offense. But I think their defense has come along along uh, very well. I mean, they're, they're night and day from last year. I really believe that. And on offense, it's hey. You know, you, you want to get the 200 yards on you today in a run game? We can do that. We have the offensive line and two running backs to do it. Or do you want your draft to pass for 333 yards like you did the other day against the Chargers? Because we can do that, too. We, we got the weapons for that with Laporta, Amon Ra. And I, just, I, I just think the diversity of what they can do and how many different ways they can beat you, that's what gives the Lions a real chance. That's why they're sitting here, I believe, 7-2 and two right now. They're just a good overall football team. I, I, I've had a tough time getting the Ravens game out of my head because they were just so bad in that game. But uh, in every other game, they just they could beat you in different ways. Like, I mean, look at the way they beat the Chargers was entirely different than the way they beat the Chiefs. It was two different games, but they won both of them on the road against really good teams because I think that this, this Detroit team figures out now, and, and the coaching staff has too, Hey, whatever you want to give us, whatever your weakness is, we can exploit it because we have the personnel to do it. I think that's what's most impressive to me for the Detroit Lions. And I agree. Uh, if, if you look at what they did against the Chargers and then what they didn't do against uh, the Ravens, then you watch the Ravens implode uh, against Cleveland and trying to figure out the NFL literally is a week-to-week exercise. It truly is. Oh, it's crazy. I, I mean, you look at and the Ravens are the key example this week, but it's been, you know, the 49ers look like the absolute best team of football, and then they lose three in a row. Or it just seems like any team who's good is, is only going to be good for a week or two. I've used the term that, you know, all these teams are playing 17 one-game seasons. <laughs> because, I mean, the Broncos, look at the Broncos. I'm based out here in Colorado. When they were 1-4, and four, they looked like the worst team of football. There was nothing like, oh, there's these underlying things that they could turn it around. No, they were straight up miserable. Played better against the Chiefs, but they lost, and they're one and five, and they went three in a row after that, including wins over the Chiefs and the Bills. There was absolutely positively nothing to tell you at one and four that this team could salvage its season, but but that's what it is. That's the NFL right now, and that 
it's just it's an extra sketch. You just you turn it over, you, you shake it a little bit, it, it completely is gone because the next week is going to be entirely different than what we saw the previous week. It's it's this is what I know we say this is it's really really a cliche and I don't like using it, but I think this year more than ever. It's just it's a week to week league. There's nothing consistent. There's nothing permanent. Whatever you think your team is today, it might not be that way in six days when you play again. So it's just this league is just is a crazy season, and it's to me it's absolutely wide open. You know, there's a small window to win uh, week to week. There's a small window that opens up to have a run as a team. And we just talked about that with the Bills, but you know, with the speed, with the athletes. Uh, why I think it fluctuates week to week is that your athletes, if they're clicking, I don't care if you're a bottom feeder or how bad the Broncos were. When everyone said Wilson's done, Peyton can't connect to anybody again. He wishes he wasn't there. That if your athletes get on the same page, the NFL, and this is why I think it is up and down week to week, they're still some of the best athletes in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I, I mean, it's it's. You know, I mean, the difference between the, the teams is way overstated. I mean, yeah, there's a couple teams that are drawing absolutely dead. The Giants, for example, they're, they're not beating anybody the rest of the season. The Panthers are pretty bad off. But from about team 28 to 27, whatever in that range, to the third, fourth best team in the NFL, it's not that big of a difference anymore. It's all these teams are good. This isn't college. This isn't. You know, Michigan is not playing Eastern Michigan. You know, I mean, this is all these teams can beat everybody else. It's just there's different degrees of how good you are, but everybody's good. Everybody's capable, and we're seeing that with just. I mean, the Ravens, great example. I mean, I was like, oh wow, the Ravens are the best team in football. Ravens are number one, no question. And then they blow a 14 point lead at home to the Browns. I mean, that's just that's just kind of the state of the league right now, and that that kind of it's 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 good and it's bad. I I think that you know, I mean, when everybody's kind of in the middle. It's it, there's always it's always good for the league to have a, a great team to chase the 2007 Patriots or whatever where we're like can anybody knock them off? But there's something to be said about we're going to get into the playoffs and there's going to be 14 teams and 12 of them are going to feel like they can win a Super Bowl. It's it, it's that it's that kind of season. That's that's pretty much what the NFL wants out of its uh, parody as well. Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com National NFL columnist, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, MVP voting uh, across the league, AOC, NFC. If you listed your top five today in order, who would that be? Mine, I would, you know, I, I, I almost have two answers because I, I know this isn't going to happen, but my top three would be Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, and Christian McCaffrey in that order. And I know they're not going to win. I know there's no chance. There's literally no chance Tyreek Hill wins MVP. So, and then after that, you know, I, I go to kind of, okay, now we got to put the quarterbacks up there. And I think, I, like, I, I know this sounds crazy, but I, I've looked at this, I've looked at it, I've read about it, I've watched the film, everything. If I had to vote right now and had to pick a quarterback for MVP, it would be C.J. Stroud. I just was going to say mean, that. I, I was going to say the same thing. All right. Yep, I mean when you look at what he's done, when what he ha- what he has around him. Let's not retrofit this to act like the Texans are a good team around CJ Stroud. They they were one of the worst teams in the NFL just to happen to hit on a once in a lifetime rookie quarterback. I mean he's had the greatest rookie season I've ever seen. He has a 15 to 2 touchdown to interception ratio. He leads the NFL in passing yards per game. He uh, he has lifted the Texans in the last 2 weeks to last minute 
wins, which we like, you know, in our quarterbacks. One of those was a road win at a really good Cincinnati team. What box doesn't he check? Because he's a rookie? We can't give him the award? Like, it, I mean, I see Patrick Mahomes at the top of the MVP odds, and I love Mahomes. He's great. He's maybe the greatest player I've ever seen. He's not having an MVP season, period. This is not this is not a vintage Mahomes season. Josh Allen's out of the race. Jalen Hurts has been fine. If you want to go to him, okay, I can see it. Whatever. But why not C.J. Stroud? I mean, what? I think it speaks to the quarterback play in the NFL this year. It's really down. There's not a lot of. There's not anybody having an obvious MVP season. So if that's the case, and I'm looking at this kid in Houston who every week elevates all of his teammates. He was having last-minute drives. Who's throwing for 470 and five touchdowns in a game to carry his team to a win? Who's leading his team to a road win at Cincinnati? Who is better right now? If you don't want to vote for him just because he's a rookie and that hasn't happened since 1957 and Jim Brown, I think you're wrong. I think you need to look at this with an open mind and say, "Yeah, that rookie—he's he's the MVP too." Like it's weird. It's it's an outlier, but don't be scared to make that vote because I, I do believe C.J. Stroud. If I had to vote right now and it had to be a quarterback, I think C.J. Stroud is the guy. Yeah, and probably two weeks ago it was uh, Lamar Jackson, right? And then two weeks later it's C.J. Stroud, and it kind of fits this up right. and down uh, model that we're labeling the NFL with where in two weeks it could be uh, somebody else. All right, so uh, in the NFC – uh, Jared Goff, I don't, I don't think he's going to have anywhere near MVP numbers. He's obviously right there with a laundry list of Lions that could be uh, the team MVP. Well, what category do you have Goff in now in the NFL quarterback uh, list? Uh, would he be penthouse? Is he uh, living middle of the road? Is he in the lower third, middle third, upper third? Where would you put Goff? You know, I, I, I view quarterbacks, I, I have for a long time this way, is that there are five to seven guys walking a planet who doesn't matter who your coach is, doesn't matter who your teammates are, doesn't matter anything else. You're just so good at playing quarterback in the NFL that you're lifting everybody on your shoulders. You're, you know, we know the guys, Mahomes, Hurts, I think he's in there. Uh, you know, I mean, guys like Burrow, he's another one. Those guys, I don't think, I don't think anybody would say golf is in that, that category, but that's fine. Like, because I think there's that next category of guys who are good enough to win a championship uh, or a lot of games or whatever you want to say. As long as there's a good situation around him, I mean, you're you're you know you're kind of next tier quarterbacks who, yeah, you do need a, a really good set of receivers or a really good defense or whatever it shall be. I think Goff is, is firmly in that, uh, that that conversation, and that's fine because the Lions are really good around him. They have a good coaching staff, they have a good running game and a good offensive line and an improving defense. So I, I just think that you know he's Goff isn't one of the top five, six, seven guys, but he's comfortably in that next. Five to seven guys who you say, sure, you win a championship with him. Why can't you? There's no fatal flaw there. He just needs a good team around him. So uh, I think he's. uh, And there's no. Nobody on earth can convince me that the Detroit Lions thought they'd be getting quarterback that good when they made that trade. It was just, hey, we need to balance the salaries. Fine, whatever. And you end up getting a top, what, 12 quarterback? And, you know, I mean, to the MVP case. Look at Jared. We talked about it. It changes every two weeks. What did the Lions do get on this run and make the number one seed? I think Jared Goff is I think going to have a lot of people in the media saying this is the guy because he he's the quarterback of the best team. I, I don't agree with that in, in 18 different levels, but you're going to hear that narrative start. If the Lions do get to 13-2, and two, as we talked about, which they easily could looking at their schedule, a lot of people saying, actually, Jared Goff's the MVP of the league, and, and it, wouldn't, it, it wouldn't blow me away if he actually won it. 
Yeah, like I said, week to week, uh, NFL, maybe it, it, it comes in four-week runs. You know, Stroud obviously will be uh, the NFL Rookie of the Year. And when you look at the rookie impact, and especially here in the state of Michigan, Frank, uh, Laporta tight end, uh, Gibbs at running back, Gibbs-Montgomery best duo, I think, in the NFL right now at the running back uh, position. Jamo Williams still 11 games in on his career between the gambling suspension and blown-out knee still in that rookie uh, category in my mind, but you see the athleticism. Uh, Campbell at linebacker. I mean, I, I just, Brad Holmes, if, if there's a GM of the year, because it's not just drafting Stroud and hitting the lottery uh, in terms of how good he is, but Brad Holmes running the Lions and the talent he's acquired through the draft and free agency, phenomenal. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think that that's that's very fair. I mean, he, I haven't really thought about you know who the best GM is right now, but why not him? I mean that they have they've done a, a great job. I mean, even even stuff like you know, Brian Branch, Sam Laporta. I mean, they, they they've hit on a lot of these picks that have really turned their team around and. I just think the way they've built everything is, is just smart. I mean, they, they've done it from kind of the trenches out. I mean, you did get lucky. Like, there's no way they should have had a shot at Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, Jaguar should have drafted. They should have run their. They, they should have run that card up there like the Lions did. But they decided on Trayvon Walker, so the Lions, you know, actually just kind of fall back into a, a, a Wolverine who ends up being one of the best defensive linemen in football right away. So you need to get lucky here and there. You need to get lucky with Jared Goff. They didn't know they had with Jared Goff, but he ends up working out really well. But they have done a great job building around that and, and hitting on a lot of things and Amon Rossi Brown and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think he's done a fantastic job. And, and the Lions should feel really, really good about their head coach and GM combination. And the players and the culture and the Road Warriors. Wins at Kansas City, at the Chargers, at Tampa, and at Green Bay. And granted, Green Bay, I think, may be not the worst complete team, but at least – uh, the worst team in the NFC, nor are them or the Bears. I don't know how you you know go back and forth on that one. And you know, Love still needs some work. And this is the year everyone thought it would be. I know the Packers have been there at the end in a lot of games, and that's because of their defense. That's why when some say, "Well, the Packers are the worst team in the NFC North," I still say, "Okay, I'm gonna even when Montez sweat with the Bears, I'm still gonna stick with the Bears." Yeah, I mean, it's. As you said, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. I think the Bears are really interesting going forward just because, I mean, they got this top pick. I, I, I assume Carolina is not going to dig themselves out of the cellar. Maybe they get the second pick, but there's two good quarterbacks in this draft. So, I mean, the, the beauty of any of these teams, and it includes the Lions a couple of years ago, I mean, the Lions, what was it? It was two, three seasons ago. They were 0-11-1 to start the season. Here they are. We're talking about them as the number one seed. That could be anybody in the NFL. The beauty of the NFL. Everybody, if you ever hear somebody say, oh, you know, they set their franchise back 10 years, like, no, they didn't. Like, it is almost impossible to do that because in an NFL rebuild, if you do everything right, like the Lions have, it's three years. In three years, you'd be on top of the NFL if you if you hit the right draft pick and sign the right guys. So I mean, that's kind of the beauty of it, and and that's why you know Lions need to take advantage of this. Like they, they're uh, obviously among the elite teams in the NFL, but you're not guaranteed anything tomorrow. Maybe the Bears or the Packers or the Vikings even are going to be great team in two years, and and all of a sudden you're the Bills and you're you're looking up at the the rest of the AFC East. So it, it's just the it's a good and a bad of the NFL, and that your your window to win championships usually is very very slim. 
Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, National NFL Insider. He knows football. Good stuff, Frank. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. I appreciate it. All right, Frank Schwab checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest sign. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports from our affiliate, The Game, 730 AM in Lansing. He'll join us in our next segment. What's up with Izzo and the Spartans tonight in that Champions Classic basketball game against Duke? And who's the leading candidate to replace Mel Tucker at the Spartan football headquarters? We'll talk to Stout in Lansing, Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, Lions NFL insider in 40 minutes. And also here in about an hour, my weekly conversation with former Michigan head coach John Beeline. Each and every week, we'll talk Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten, Pistons, and the NBA coach will check in within the hour here on the huge show across Michigan. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Save on Thanksgiving in one stop at Meyer. Get a Meyer Grade A frozen turkey, 59 cents per pound, limit one, plus all the potatoes, stuffing, and tasty pies you could want. And preview Black Friday deals in the Meyer app. Deals so good, you just gotta celebrate. Get Thanksgiving in one stop and shop holiday deals this week at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's a Black Friday free fall every week in November. Each week, nab the best deal around with drawings from 3 to 11 p.m. Every hour, four lucky players will win up to $1,000 premium play. Don't miss a moment of the excitement. It's Black Friday free fall. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com at MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.com. TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan Tuesday broadcast with Superfly Hayes as our executive producer. 
Our Honolulu Blue huge question of the day presented by Coppercraft Distillery. Who's the better basketball team right now, Michigan or Michigan State? You can answer that question at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan because they're a Michigan-based bank. Let's go talk to Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, from our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Stout on Sports weekday mornings at 10 a.m. Huge show, tape delayed weeknights at 6 p.m. How you doing, Timmy? Good, Bill. Beautiful day today. Nice day today. So when weather's good, I'm good. Good day. All right. Well, good to talk to you. Uh, let's uh, discuss Michigan State basketball right now. What On your show, the people in East Lansing, Lansing metro area, what are they saying about this team? What are issues? And what are you expecting tonight against Duke? Well, I think it's early, Bill. I was surprised, frankly, that after the James Madison loss, they dropped from 4 to 18 in the Associated Press poll this week. I mean, that's 14 spots off one loss, and the game went overtime as it was against a good team. I thought they'd fall, but I didn't know if they'd fall out of the top 10, which just shows you the guest work that there is in college basketball when you start the season, you know, right away in early November, the way it has. Southern Indiana was an extremely weak team. Nobody paid any attention to that. You know, it's like some of these games that you play, that why you play them, I have no idea what you get out of that, as I guess you can get backup players some playing time. And he and Tom Izzo got freshmen into that game that might not play tonight. I think the most intriguing thing about tonight is who is he going to play? Because now he's in crunch time. Now he's playing a team that could be a prominent team in the NCAA tournament, could be a team he has to beat in the NCAA tournament to, to keep moving on. So at this point in the season, let's see what he thinks of the four freshmen. Let's see what he thinks of the veterans. Let's see what he thinks those guards should be or the front line should be, who's going to take the shots and who's not. They'll be interested to see if Tyson Walker's shin splints are a problem tonight because he's going up against very good athletes that aren't nearly what he faced against Southern Indiana, even though he played and he, you know, he played reasonably well, but they could get him out of the game. I think those shin splints are going to be an issue moving forward because a lot's going to be you know, you know, focused on him to, uh, to have big scoring nights if it gets to that against Michigan State. I think it's still early. I, you know, I saw Duke play at home against Arizona. Michigan State plays Arizona on Thanksgiving night on Fox right after the Lions are done with Green Bay. Okay, so they're going to go to Palm Springs, California. Arizona obviously looked great against Duke. But when you're this early in the season in November, I think sometimes if you play well or you play poorly, there's somewhat of a false read on that. So if State wins tonight, they'll feel great. If they don't win but they make it a good game, you know, then I think they've got something to build on. Like I say, I'm more interested to see who gets the playing time because with all these veterans and those four heralded freshmen, you can only play five guys at one time, and you're obviously going to play the guys you think you need to win, and I think that's what's going to be interesting to see. Who's the next head football coach at Michigan State? Well, you're like everybody else. You know, you think that. I, I, I don't think they know, Bill. 
I, I really don't. I don't think they have formally gotten into any kind of interview process. I think they've done their background work. I think they've checked to see who might be available and who's interested. I think what's far more credible is who can you eliminate over who can you put in there. I, I, I still believe they're going to go for a younger coach. I do not think that they're going to try to get into a, a, you know, a payroll problem trying to save somebody from somewhere else. I would be surprised if they go, and when I say older coach, I'm talking about anybody in his 50s. I, I would not be surprised if they go to someone in their 30s. If I had to take a wild stab just because you're asking me when this thing is nowhere near complete, if I had to take a wild stab I would I would take a hunch on Jason Candle at Toledo, and I think that guy, I think he's going to get a job somewhere. There are five jobs open right now in Division One, and there are going to be more coming. Okay, Mississippi State, Boise State, you know we know about those schools. Okay, Texas A and M, Michigan State. There are five total Division One schools that are looking for head coaches, and the number is going to grow. Someone's going to pick off Jason Candle at Toledo. He should be 10-0, and 0, okay? He, he lost his opener by two to Illinois, and they've dominated everyone ever since. Now, if you're asking me, that's who I predict. No, that's not who I predict. If you're asking me to take a wild stab, I would take a wild stab on him. I said Candle earlier, about an hour ago. Uh, on the show, I, I, I looked at it and I said, all right, you're Michigan State. And let's be honest about everything connected uh, to the program right now. You are going to be four full recruiting classes. I get the transfer portal and you can strike gold like Tucker did with Walker. But you got to look at the talent on this roster. You got to look at what's coming to the Big Ten uh, with Oregon, Washington, UCLA, USC, Michigan, even with their issues, still one at Penn State. You have Ohio State. You have Penn State. You're Michigan. I take Campbell. Uh, you're, he's not going to cost you $5 million a year. And you let the guy build the program. Rebuild. Well, what I want to do, Bill, is I want to hear what he has to say. I want to hear what Brian Hartline, what, what do you have to say? In other words, when you sit down, okay, guys, first of all, are you interested? Oh, you are? Okay, why, why do you think you could have success at this job? And how do you evaluate what you see here with what we see here? You know, you know, what do you think it's going to do? What do you think the ceiling is here? What do you think in football the ceiling is here? Where, where are you with all that? I'd like to hear what they have to say. I mean, in an interview, do they wow you? Do they don't impress you? Do they? Do you think, you know, maybe they're looking for the money? I, I you know, I, I want to hear what they all have to say because I think, Bill, it's more complicated now for what you just said. The schedule's not going to get any easier. It's going to get tougher. I don't think Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State are going away anytime soon. All you have to do is look at the level of talent that Michigan State has against just those three alone, okay? Just those three alone, and they've had trouble beating anybody else. And, and December 4th, the portal opens. It reopens December 4th, and I'm wondering, is it going to be a stampede from here with the season over into that portal? And by a stampede, are we talking six guys, more guys than that? Are there guys going to wait? I, I just think there are so many unknowns here for you to say one coach over another. If I was hiring them, I want to hear what all these guys have to say. And if they tell me if, uh, what I want to hear from the standpoint of, oh, man, this can be a great job. You can win here, blah, 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 the whole deal. I'd say, why? 
Why do you think you can? How are you going to overcome that? Here's what we have in terms of what we can pay assistant coaches. Here's what we have in terms of the schedule. Here's what you're inheriting, blah, 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 the whole deal. And it doesn't mean that I would shy away from the guy if he was critically in his analysis and says, you got a long way to go. I do think you need someone with a massive amount of energy. That's why I would put Heartline, depending on what he wants to do, you know, into this. I mean, it's going to be difficult for anybody chasing Brian Hartline because you never know how long Ryan Day will stay at Ohio State, and is that the job that he covets after that? If he does, he's probably better off staying there or going to a school that is not in the Big Ten. But I, I think I don't think Michigan State's that far yet. You know, I'd be surprised, Bill, if they have a coach immediately after the season. I think they want to go with haste. But the last time they went with haste, you see what they got stuck with because they couldn't do enough background work. And furthermore, they didn't look really at too many people. They thought they had fickle. It fell apart. Now we've got spring practice around the corner. We're in a brutal situation right now. So what are we going to do at the last moment? We'll fling money at Tucker because we got a couple of good uh, recommendations on him. And I claim if they would have had that opening back in November, December, after the 2022 season, Tucker never would have been here. I don't know who would have, but I don't think he would have. He didn't have a resume. He didn't interview well enough. The money was the whole thing to him. He lied to Colorado about what he was going to do there. And I think from with more time that they could have bought to get a coach to replace D'Antonio, I don't think he would have been here. And have they learned from that? Then the other thing is, you know, here, Bill, who's going to hire the coach? Okay. You know, Izzo's going to have a hand in this thing to either agree or disagree. And yes, Haller is leading the charge, but he's going to have to get everything passed whoever the current president is, let alone maybe the incoming president, who I still think could be hired here within a couple of weeks. And then you've got to deal with this board of trustees and they all have their own opinion. So that all comes into play in this whole thing, which to me means they are nowhere near they're trying to get through these last two games and just have something that looks reasonably credible on the field okay because they don't want to lay an egg at Ford Field in Detroit that's all their alumni base there they may lose it yes but can we lose it and look like we've got a pulse as a football team and if they get beat by Indiana Saturday and then they lose to Penn State I mean the downer going into the offseason to me is just going to be magnified that much more my opinion his name is Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, weekday mornings, 10 a.m., also Stout on TV, Lansing State Journal, and more on the game, 7.30 a.m., weeknights, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. You can hear the huge show, tape delayed in Lansing. Timmy, always appreciate the conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing Izzo and the Spartans and what they do against Duke tonight. What's your early gut vibe before I let you go? Well, I understand why Duke's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, if they both play the way I've seen them both play, I'd take Duke by a couple of points because I think Duke's got a little bit more talent. But, you know, Bill, and you're on a neutral site, on a big stage and all that. Who's going to stand up? And because of that, I think Duke might have just a couple of more points in this game. But like I say, if State hangs in there tough, they'll learn something from a positive moving forward. That's the way Izzo works. Timmy, enjoy your Tuesday night, my man, in the game, okay? Talk to you soon, Billy. Thanks for calling. All right, Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. If you want to join in, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. You can also opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE 
out of 21,000. That's the word huge out of 21,000. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, another one of our Lions NFL insiders. He'll join us coming up here momentarily. Also, John Beeline, my conversation every Tuesday. We talk hoops with the former Michigan head man. What about that Wolverine victory last night at Madison Square Garden? What about his thoughts on Duke and Michigan State? Uh, Plus, Pistons, worst record in the Eastern Conference and NBA conversation, along with who is the best in the Big Ten coach beeline within 40 minutes. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle. Travel services for hotels, airfare and cruises, cash back rewards, and even savings on prescriptions, eyewear, and dental work. Merck Perks also includes all the traditional benefits you love, like online and mobile banking and fee-free access to almost 40,000 MoneyPass ATMs. So when you're ready for Perks, Merck is here. Learn more at MyMerckPerks.com, member FDIC. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Book your stay this fall in luxurious first-class room and receive $50 premium play, a $20 spa credit, and a $25 dining credit. Rates are just $289 a night, Sunday through Thursday, and $339 on Fridays and Saturdays. Reserve your room now, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI's science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Lions conversation on the win over the Chargers. Looking ahead to the Bears on Sunday in Detroit. Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit Lions NFL insider. Here in about 10 minutes. 
about 30 minutes away from my weekly conversation with John Beeline, the former Michigan coach. We'll talk hoops. What about that Wolverine win last night at Madison Square Garden over Rick Pitino and St. John's? His thoughts on Michigan State and Duke tonight in Chicago. That game will tip off at 7 p.m. on the Bristol Network. Who's the best team in the Big Ten right now? Is it Purdue? And the Pistons have the worst record in the East. Mm. Coach Beeline, each and every Tuesday afternoon throughout the basketball season, I believe through the NBA Finals in June. If you want to join us, our Honolulu Blue, huge question of the day presented by Coppercraft Distillery. Who's the better basketball team right now at this hour, Michigan or Michigan State? You can answer that question at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line at HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. I think it's easy to say Michigan right now, State beats Duke tonight, looks good. You'll say Michigan State, but I'm just asking the Honolulu Blue, huge question of the day, who's better right now? By the way, speaking of Honolulu Blue, from Coppercraft Distillery, an adult crafted cocktail, 21 and up, blue raspberry lemonade, vodka, the Honolulu Blue and silver can. You can get it inside Ford Field at your local restaurant, pub, bar, or store here in Michigan. Game days and celebrating a huge WR better with a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. November 25th, those of you going down to the big house, I'll be set up right across the street. Uh, You'll see a huge tailgate. And I will be there broadcasting live on Friday, the night before 3 until 6, setting up what will be the biggest tailgate party right across from the stadium. You'll see the huge show, Michigan Sports Network, Soaring Eagle banners, look for it. It's a bash. It's Ohio State, Michigan. I think Marty said that the hotels are all booked up, so me and him are in the RV again, just like opening day down in Detroit. Okay. Huge game and a huge tailgate. More details later in the week. 24-7, everything you need with this show is free. And available at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan.
We are back live across Michigan. Hour number three on a Tuesday get-together. Superfly Hayes he is our executive producer. One of the best in the business. Just joining us. A lot of conversation about Michigan's impressive start to this basketball season that nobody saw coming. Zero expectations. Picked in the bottom third of the Big Ten. Wondering where this team was going. Well, guess what? They've looked really good. Martelli can coach. As I open the show with, is Martelli a better coach than Juwan Howard? I mean, Juwan hired him to sit right next to him. It'll be interesting when you get Juwan back compared to Martelli. That's what people do for a living. They compare. Right? You compare. That's how you do it. We talked about Michigan State and Duke tonight. Big game for Izzo and the Spartans. They can't go get blown out or not be able to throw it in the ocean. They need someone to step up and be a consistent shooter. They really do. And you need to play the young guys. Nothing against the returning dudes. But not having a guy that can knock down threes and give you five or six in a game at times like Hauser could, they miss that. We discussed the Lions. Interesting to hear Frank Schwab from Yahoo.com. He's right there with Romo and Nan said he wouldn't be shocked if the Lions are in the Super Bowl. CBS Sports, NFL Power Poll. Lions are number three behind the Eagles, Chiefs. And I think because they got blown out at Baltimore, if they had that W back, they'd be pushing for number one right now. If they would have won at Baltimore, they'd be the number one team in the NFL. What they did Sunday was amazing, but also there are some flaws. Defensive line, red zone, both offense and defense. Long-range kicker because going for it on fourth down is awesome to watch. But eventually when you get into the playoffs, that could come back and bite you, but as Dan Campbell told the team, hey, wins are tough in the NFL. Celebrate it. I trust Campbell and his staff to address what they need to do. If you think about it, even the egg last year at Carolina that came right back and had a great game. You haven't seen in this run where I think they're, what, 16-4 and four over the last 20? You haven't seen a lot of bad back-to-back games. I don't think any at all. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, Lions NFL insider. He is standing by in the Roast Umber Coffee guest sign. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Um, what, what would be the cool positives you take? Obviously, the win would be first and foremost out in L.A., uh, but slight concerns you have coupled with what you really like about this team right now. Well, I think first and foremost, um, you, you have to be pretty excited about the fact that the Lions can go head-to-head with maybe a, a top-five quarterback in this league and, and a really good passing offense and, and win a shootout. Um, I think, to me, I, I, I throughout, I think, Jared Goff's time here in Detroit, I had questioned whether he could really survive one of those shootouts, um, whether he could go toe-to-toe with, with someone that most people agree is um, one of the best quarterbacks in the league because that's what you might have to do in the playoffs, right? There, there are a lot of shootouts that happen in the playoffs and you're going to have to go up against the best of the best quarterbacks. And the Lions proved they could do it. They proved they can go on a game-winning drive with three minutes left. Um, that matters. Um, of course, 
the other side of the coin, too, is that you are going to have to face some really good passing offenses when you get to the playoffs, and the Lions' defense showed that they still have a ton of work to, to go there um, in terms of coverage, in terms of pass rush, in terms of a lot of things that aren't going right in terms of the pass defense. And really, some of those were issues that they've been having all season. So I don't think uh, anyone who came into uh, this game against L.A. with, with concerns about the pass rush, when, with concerns about their coverage, uh, came away thinking anything but, yeah, those are real concerns. Yeah, and in the defensive line, you can just adjust rotations. You can scheme it up. Uh, they're not going to be able to bring in any bodies uh, right now. What, what would you do to have Hutch be more of an impact in the backfield on sacks and TFLs? Yeah, it's, it's not really an easy fix. And, and really, we have seen the Lions move around some guys and, and change personnel a little bit. They got Josh Paschal, their, their second-round pick from last year, more playing time last week. They're starting to blitz Alex Anzalone a lot, and that's actually something that I think they've found a little bit of success with. Um, but I think ultimately what they're going to need to do is really just have some of those other guys start winning their one-on-ones. Um, you know, opposing offensive lines are not going to give more attention to guys that are deemed threats. Um, they, they're going to need more out of guys like Romeo Okwara, Charles Harris, um, Julian Okwara, um, if, if they're really going to free up Hutchinson, because there's really only so much you can do. You, they try standing him up, they try running him on twists and stunts and putting him on either side. And, um, you know, offenses pay attention to that sort of stuff. When, you, when you're getting basically half of your pressures from one guy, he's going to draw a lot of attention no matter where you put him. Matchup with the Bears on Sunday. Bears are, they, they've been squirrely, if I can use yeah. that word, where they'll hang with teams more than you expect, and then they'll just lay complete dog four-quarters uh, performances. But with the addition of Sweat, I, I think they're better defensively. Yeah, they're, they're getting there. And, and really, their run defense is, is among the best in the league, which kind of poses a, an interesting matchup with the Lions running game playing better than it maybe it's ever played. Um, so I, I think that's kind of an interesting matchup. Um, obviously the Lions have had issues with mobile quarterbacks and it looks like maybe Justin Fields is coming back this week. So um, that presents another challenge, you know, and, and listen, I think all these divisional matchups are always kind of unique, always a little bit tougher than they might look like on paper, even though the Lions have been fantastic. I think they've won six divisional games straight. So um I, I would never overlook an opponent like Chicago because they're also really young and, and young teams tend to get better as the season goes on. So even though they only have three wins, I don't think this is just going to be a walk in the park for Detroit. His name is uh, Jeremy Reisman. I didn't forget it, but I was just uh, looking at uh, a highlight of the Lions on my computer. Uh, prior to Detroit, uh, again, I'm distracted by this team. When, God, when they're playing well, it, it really is a great feeling. Uh, that following week, uh, Lions and the Bears on Sunday. Then the short turnaround, and then a part of the schedule that actually begins with the Bears on Sunday, Jeremy, where th- there's a good chance this team could be 11-2. and two. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of unbelievable to, to say out loud, but yeah, it's, it's, it's right there in front of them. And, you know, with Minnesota applying some pressure um, from behind, I, 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 think, I think the Lions know that they have to kind of follow that route. They kind of need to make sure they take care of these ball games because Minnesota has just as easy of a schedule. And, and if they don't take care of their P's and Q's, suddenly those last three games of the season where they play the Vikings twice uh, could be, you know, very, very high stakes. And I think the Lions need to just make sure they take care of business, but you're right. I mean, there, there's not a lot of 
good teams ahead of them. There's not a lot of good quarterbacks ahead of them, which is really what the Lions have struggled with the most this year. And so as long as they kind of play their football, stay relatively healthy, I don't see any reason why this team can't be 11-2. And I haven't, I haven't dug into the, the history machine yet, but I have to imagine that hasn't happened in, in, in quite some time. So, Jeremy, if you were naming the Lions MVP, this would be, it seems to be golf, but there are many options. You know, when you look at uh, what uh, St. Brown is doing, when you look at the impact of Montgomery when healthy of the O-line, I mean, I, I just, uh, the depth of contributors to the Lions on a weekly basis is unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. It, it really is, and and it, I think I think really on Sunday you saw the peak of that because you, you have everyone fully healthy. You have an offensive line that I think you're very very comfortable with going forward, and everyone made a big play in that game. Basically, every offensive weapon touched the ball and, and, and made a big play, except for maybe Josh Reynolds. Like I would even say, Jameson Williams made an impact or two on, on the game, even though he only caught two passes. Um, but if yeah, if you're talking MVP, honestly, I. Jared Goff is the easy answer. I would say Panay Sewell is just as acceptable of an answer because that guy is just, I mean, did you hear Joey Bosa's name called all game on no, Sunday? No, uh, Khalil Mack, not much either. Um, and that's, that's no easy test. Those guys were, were demolishing some defenses or some offenses early in the year. And um, he's also so important to, to what the Lions do in the run game. I think they were averaging over 10 yards a carry when they ran to Panay Sewell's side in that game. So it just goes to show you how much he is part of the offensive game plan and how quickly he can dismantle a pass rush almost single-handedly. Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit Lions NFL uh, insider. I was looking at, I think it was CBS Sports, I had you know the percentage of uh, chances of NFL teams to make the playoffs or uh, to win the division, and the Lions are like 86% to win the division, 98%. Uh, to make the playoffs, I, I keep using the phrase uncharted territory on what we're all navigating. The one thing lurking out there, though, is how well the Vikings have played really after the start of the season with Cousins and now with Dobbs. Yeah, and and obviously there's a lot of uh, attention on Dobbs, and, and there should be. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal story, and, and they are putting up a lot of points offensively. But I think really the reason that Minnesota is so much more of a threat this year than maybe they were last year or even earlier in the season, is that that defense is very much turned around thanks to defensive coordinator Brian, Brian Flores, who got hired this offseason. Um, they're, they're stopping teams. They're, they're, they've got a kind of a, a vicious run defense. Their, their pass rush still has a guy like Daniil Hunter that, that, that can uh, make opposing quarterbacks his days very, very long. And they're just a more well-rounded team, and, and you consider that they're eventually probably going to get some guys back, including Justin Jefferson, that – I don't think you can overlook this team, and and I don't think Josh Dobbs is necessarily, you know, you know anywhere near where where Kirk Cousins was on that offense. But I think you have good enough coaching in Kevin O'Connell that that they're going to keep their head above water. They're they're running the ball better than they were last year, and so it's it's a team that's just going to be a nuisance. Um, and and the Lions might have to take care of business for at least one of the two games that they have in between each other. And, and there's also a distinct possibility that they face each other in the playoffs, too, with the way things are kind of carving out right now, which would be quite odd for them to play the, play the Vikings three times in four weeks. But um, it's something that, that I think actually could happen. Well, Dom's running. You know, somebody asked me, a buddy, I think Sunday, we were watching the games, why, why are the Vikings 
why is Dobbs doing so well? And I said, because he's freelancing and he can run. And running quarterbacks, A, running quarterbacks have always bothered the Lions uh, in my lifetime. And B, uh, defensive units, when plays break down and you got a quarterback that can run 18 yards for a touchdown or eight to get you a first down, really help. Even Herbert uh, the other day in the Lions win over the Chargers, the way he was able to get away from Lions defenders, that, that, that bothered me. It did. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an extra level of stress on the defense that's hard to deal with. It, it, the Lions struggle with it, but so do 31 other teams, honestly. It's, it's, it's tricky. Um, it, you have to devote one extra player to watching the quarterback, and that takes one player away from coverage, or that takes one player away from pass rush. Um, it's, it's not an easy thing to deal with, and, and maybe you know things settle down with Josh Dobbs a little bit. Maybe teams kind of start to figure out a way to, to make him uncomfortable in a way that doesn't result in him scrambling for 20 yards, but... It's something that I think that translates to the NFL maybe a little bit more than some of the passing stuff. So I guess it's not that surprising to me to see that part of his game really thrive early in his Vikings career. But, but yeah, you're right. This is something that the Lions need to deal with. And, and they're going to get practice with Justin Fields this week. And um, even to a lesser extent, someone like Jordan Love can do a little bit of that stuff too. So hopefully that's enough practice to get them ready for a Vikings team that's, that, that is going to be a threat this year. Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit. You can follow him, Twitter, uh, proud of Detroit online, uh, great uh, Lions information. So we sit here, and we're into the second week of November. Mm-hmm. By the time we get to middle of January, what will we be talking about when it comes to the Lions? Well, I mean, I, I hope it's a home playoff game at least, at the very least. Uh, it seems like that's that's the minimum of expectation right now with this team is uh, we're going to see a, the first playoff game in, wow. in Detroit Lions history in, at Ford Field, um, which is, uh, again, just something that it, it takes a while to kind of reflect on and, and believe and rub your eyes and make sure you're not dreaming. But, um, yeah, that's that's what this team should absolutely be, be headed for. And if you're hosting a home playoff game, well, that certainly means you should probably win that one too. You're going to be the higher seed, obviously. And, I mean, with the way the schedule looks, with the way the Lions are playing right now, we could even be talking about a first-round bye. Now, I, I'm not getting too far ahead of myself, but the Eagles have a really tough schedule ahead of them, especially in these next particular three or four games. And the Lions have a much easier way. And so um, I, I personally don't think that the Lions are a better team than the Eagles, but with the way things have lined up, they could finish ahead of them in, in a very realistic way. So, um, yeah, then we're talking post season football and, and, mm. and we're, we're seeing um, whether the Lions can truly hang with, with the best teams in the NFL. Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit. My man, thank you so much. Of course, no problem. John Beeline's coming up next. We'll talk hoops here on The Huge Show. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. It's time to go in the huddle with Tim Stout. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day only at SoaringEagleCasino.com. Ten games down and two to go to complete a difficult Michigan State football season, which has now clinched a third losing season in the last four years and two in a row. And as it is, the Spartans are four and a half point underdogs for the noon game Saturday 
at Indiana, a team that beat Michigan State in double overtime in East Lansing a year ago. We know one thing, Caten Hauser is going to be the quarterback as long as he is healthy through these final two games because freshman Sam Levitt is determined to redshirt now through the end of the year and there's another quarterback or two behind him to keep him on the sidelines. Where he plays next year, who knows? The Spartans now have lost seven of the last eight games after Indiana It's Penn State in a very tough year. Huge year for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. What are you looking for in a career? What are you looking for in your pursuit of happiness and satisfaction? Let's answer those questions by answering this one. What are you? If you're selfless, courageous, dedicated, disciplined, and humble, your happiness and satisfaction may be in a new career in law enforcement. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org today or simply walk into your local police department and start the conversation. You may find the answer to all of your questions. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Let's go check in with former Michigan coach John Beeline each and every week. We talk hoops on The Huge Show with JB. How you doing, my friend? Good, Dell. Uh, Michigan's win last night, uh, 89-73, their 3-0 start. Uh, no Juwan Howard as he recovers from that offseason heart procedure. Phil Martelli has the Wolverines playing inspired basketball. Rick Patino's return to the Garden last night. I know it's not a St. John's team that is going to the Final Four, but the way Michigan has played the first three games, as I said yesterday, John, has been a pleasant surprise. It's really uh, fabulous the way they're scoring points. Uh, I think I was talking with uh, some Michigan people today, and I, I asked them to go back and say, when do you remember that a team scored over 83 games in a row uh, at any time? And, and uh, I believe they'd gone back to the 13th season where we went to the national championship game that we did that. This is It's really hard to score in college basketball, and uh, they're just making it look easy right now. Great tempo. And, of course, you can't have great offense if you don't have great defense because you got to get stops, fast breaks. So that was – I don't think St. John's is a is – is everybody's new. It's a hard roster to do. And I, uh, and I just think that St. John's is probably a little overrated. Rick's got to coach him up first. But Michigan was fabulous last night, and they have been every game. Yeah, McDaniel, just as Rick Pitino said afterwards uh, – he just took over the game. I think he finished with 26, seven assists, five boards. 
That's old school coach Beeline roster numbers. Oh. Well, you know, we had we had point guard you going there for a while with Darius Morris passing on to Trey Burke, right? Who then uh, passed it on to Derek Walton, who passed it on to Xavier Simpson. And looks like uh, Doug McDaniel is very much along that pass first point guard who can shoot, he can score. And it's amazing when you pass first, how many points you score because the ball comes back to you. That was really impressive last night, the way he's taking care of the ball. He's shooting it, getting to the foul line. Um, but also you got to look at Burnett's first-half performance was great. He, he didn't score in the game before, and he, he didn't score in the last half last night, so I'm a little concerned about that. But they, got, they have an old team. They really have an old team with a, a lot of guys that have played in a lot of different schools, but they're in their fourth or fifth year. That makes a big difference. Uh, what about uh, Martelli and the style he brings? Is he just running off of what Juwan Howard wants to do? And Martelli has the experience during his run at St. Joe because I, I just like the rotation. I like the vibe. I like the flow. And, again, I didn't see this 3-0 and start coming and winning a big game on the road at the Garden against St. John's. Yeah, well, if you look at Phil's history, tremendous experience coaching you know, an Elite Eight team there with Jameer Nelson back in the day and Delonte West, and uh, he knows how to coach. And uh, this is if there's a guy you want as your guy to take the reins when you're not there, this is the guy. Uh, because, he, he, frankly, he should be coaching either at St. Joe's or uh, some other place in a high-level conference right now. And uh, But Michigan's lucky to have him. He's really... I'm sure he and Juwan have collaborated on a lot. They've been together three years, four years, so they do. They are going to think a lot. But this team's just playing with something really special. One thing, Phil, that will probably shock you, they don't have too many players. They have just enough. And so when you have a rotation where Doug knows he's going for 38 every night, like Derek Walton or Xavier did or Trey Burke, it makes you a really good team that you're not worried about keeping people happy. They got good chemistry. That's my early sense. I just was going to say that, that basically it's a seven, maybe stretch eight man rotation. Meanwhile, Patino trying to keep transfers happy and everything. He's rotating in uh, 12 guys. And I agree with you. I think to keep people happy can really hurt game flow. And that's the one thing I've seen through these first three victories. Again, I'm not declaring Michigan a Big Ten potential champion or a deep NCAA tournament run. But when you do shorten that rotation and you have dudes in shape and know how to pace themselves in game, that can be a huge plus for a college team. But we talked about this, I think, with the NBA. Is That was the most difficult part for me is how do you get – how do you, how you can make your rotation bigger. And this is – it's good. I remember we, or we lost to – you know, Jay Wright's Villanova team and the championship team in 18. Now we played them again in 19 in, in their place, opened up that building. And it was like Jay called me afterwards. What the hell happened? We won like 70 to 40. And it was like, Jay, you got too many players. You got too many good players. <laughs> you're trying to keep, you're going to have to keep everybody happy. I said, we just got enough guys who know that who are all, who are stars in their roles. And this, you may be looking at that right now with Michigan. John Beeline, former head coach at Michigan, NBA 
coach, senior advisor, his last go around with the Pistons. Now you'll see John on the Big Ten Network on weekend coverage once they hit uh, conference basketball. Actually, before that, well, the conference does start uh, their short conference schedule uh, in the month of December. He'll join us every Tuesday on the Huge Show across Michigan. If you ever want to drop a college basketball or a Pistons question, uh, add Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook, or on the Mercantile Bank listener line at one 838 Four eight four three. So the Michigan fan is pleasantly surprised. That's my phrase of the day. With that eighty nine seventy three win and a three and zero start, uh, Michigan State tonight huge reset game for Izzo and the Spartans. They were number four in America in most polls. Got shocked by James Madison at home, but James Madison isn't a bad basketball team. But now they got the Champions Classic and Duke tonight. Uh, Duke isn't the same team uh, that most would think. Uh, actually losing at home at Cameron Indoor in their last go-around. Your thoughts on the matchup tonight with the Spartans? Well, I, I don't care who Michigan State's playing. They're two for 31 from three this year. Mm. I mean, imagine if they've played two games and only two guys have made a shot. And they, uh, Walker's one for seven and Holloman's one for four. I've never seen anything like that. So I don't care who they're going to play. They're good. Tom, I'm sure, wants, they make shots so they can get some spacing. But if they don't do that, defensively, it's easy to guard when everybody can give a guy a step and just contest the shot and not have to go out and really get after him and create lanes. So um, that's the one thing that they, I mean, I'm sure that they have to fix here that, uh, there hasn't been a team in a long time that was good in March that that could not absolutely shoot the ball. They're better than this, but they're going to have to make some against Duke tonight. Yeah, Izzo, uh, sometimes a loss. I know it's early in the season. In college basketball, you can always make the climb back, John, but uh, in your coaching days, have you ever had what you would call, not in the tournament or in the Big Ten, but a non-conference loss that you could use that propelled your team through the season that maybe Izzo uh, could point back to that James Madison loss at home. Uh, yeah, I think it will come. It'll be very good for them when, especially when they get into the league and they're playing somebody that's a bot. They'll be at the top of the league eventually, but they uh, play a body fitter, bottom feeder in the league, and they'll they'll remember, hey, this is uh, you know. This team's better than James Madison, or they can reference that. Uh, not the day of the game. I never want to do that the day of the game. I want them to have confidence. But maybe as the two days prep, he mentions it a few times if they're playing somebody that is not uh, highly rated. Now they don't have any chance. They don't have any problem getting up for tonight's game, certainly. And uh, but it, it's um, it, th- those losses, and uh, you can't have too many losses in November. Because it really hurts not only your, you know, um, resume, but the whole league's resume goes down with some of those things. So um, I'm not, I'm not super high on the Big Ten yet because I think they've had some non-conference losses that are that normally don't happen. But they got to correct that here in November and December if they want to be regarded as a as a league with really good teams. John Beeline, former head coach at Michigan, will join us every Tuesday on the Huge Show as we'll talk hoops. 
Uh, Purdue looks like the best team in the Big Ten. It was projected that way before the season started. Quality W against Xavier. Your thoughts on the Boilermakers and the rest of the Big Ten early? Well, I think that, that they're they're out there as a team that is uh, going to be good because now they – I thought they were good last year, but they had very young guards last year, and I, it's hard to trust young guards in a tournament. It really is. They, they almost got to get there to experience it. And uh, But right right now, I mean, them going uh, – the, the, the Purdue certainly has – you know, with the big guys that act and, and it just uh, lawyer and these guys, they've been through it now. And it's just so hard for other teams to defend them at any time because they're so unusual when very few teams throw it into the big guy anymore and they throw it in there like crazy. I've made this quote maybe to you before. If I was coaching and my son was seven foot, and I, I would send. I said, "Don't come play for me. Go play for Matt Painter at Purdue, because that he's the best at getting the ball to the big guy." And they do. It's very different for people. So um, they're going to be good again, without question. But uh, I, the, the the teams that are usually there at the end, you know, the Wisconsin, you know, is, is going to be there. Indiana's off to. I mean, they look okay. Um, it, it, Minnesota and Nebraska are all rebuilding still. I mean, it's still going to be hard uh, for teams. I, I got I know that Iowa's lost some guys. Uh, there, you know what, Bill? There should be no ratings in November. They, they just should not be there. Make your first ratings like January one after everybody's completed non-conference. Then you'll know who the good teams are. But we still got to see more from all of them. Go on the road. When you start playing on the road. Now we'll find out who you are. John Beeline, uh, his last stop was as a senior advisor uh, with the Pistons. Uh, I'm looking at the Pistons at 2-9. and nine. I know we talked a week ago. Uh, they're still dealing with some injuries, but there they are with the worst record in the Eastern Conference as we speak. Yeah, it's, um, you know, they, I'd hope they'd be had a better record so far and they've lost a couple of close ones. Uh, but losing, missing Boyan Bogdanovich for this time, that's 20 points. You just put it in there, that's 20 points. I think I said that last week, and that's a big miss for them right now. Uh, but they're, they're – and the same thing, having Monte Morris there, having that computer out there is really important. So those two, I think, are, are really hurting them and without Burke. But that's, that's NBA basketball now. There's guys out all the time. But they, they're, I would assume they'll self-correct here somewhere soon. Uh, but that two and nine start is meaning you know, you know another uh, another sub twenty win season, and um, that we can't they can't have that. They're going to be better than this. Johnny, always love our conversations talking basketball. The Michigan fan is happy uh, with a three and zero start. No signs have been stolen. Uh, everything is up front with that W last night at Madison Square Garden, even with the sounds of the chant, free Jim Harbaugh on the East Coast. Uh, Bill, I'm just telling you, whenever we played in the Garden, we probably played there in 12 years, uh, maybe half a dozen. Well, if you we, the Big Ten tournament, we played four times in a row. So we played there probably 12 times, 12 games. It's a Michigan home court. 
I mean, I have no, St. John's came in there with their people. I'm sure there was probably an even split between Michigan and St. John's. And so my son was there. Said Michigan, there was definitely a strong Michigan presence there last night. And um, we got if you check the record over time, we, we have a really good record in Mich- in Mass Square Garden. And I expect to stay that way. But that was a great win for them. They got to get some more of the schedules. Not easy, and get ready for Big Ten. Speaking of the Big Ten, you can look for John Beeline in studio. Breaking down Big Ten basketball, I think. Is it, what, December you start in studio in Chicago? Is that correct? Right now the schedule is in January. January, February, every weekend. All right, January, uh, February, every weekend. Okay, wanted to make yeah. sure. Uh, on the yeah. Big Ten Network, correct? Yeah, yes. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's I got I got to do a lot of studying on the Big Ten because, as you know, the rosters change every year, That let alone since I left for the NBA. But... Uh, it's all getting you back to college basketball is exciting for me, and, and I look forward to a good season and being in that studio uh, with the Big Ten Network. They do a tremendous job. I have so much respect now for those of you in the media who follow these things after working for that Big Ten Network one year. A lot of work goes into it. Uh, I'm ready to go. His name is John Beeline, former Michigan coach, former Pistons assistant. Senior advisor there in Detroit, now part of the Big Ten Network's coverage. It won't begin in uh, December. It'll be on the weekends, January, February, through the close of the season. John, I look forward to our conversation next week. Every week. It's going to be great. I look forward to it, too, Huge. All right. Uh, have, a great, have a great week. Yeah, back at you, John Beeline, class act on and off the court every Tuesday exclusively here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. How would you like to win $1,500 in cash from Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Carter Dorn Mayhew Firm? All I have to do is beat my pro football picks and you could be the winner. Get your picks in until early Sunday morning at thehugeshow.net. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We'll talk about Michigan State Duke tonight in the Champions Classic. Kyle Austin, MLive.com, Spartan, Big Ten basketball insider, is standing by on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, my man? Doing good, Bill. I'm curious to see uh, what performance we get from Michigan State. Can they finally start hitting that outside shot? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think everybody, that's kind of their first question. I mean, on paper, they, they should be an okay uh, three-point shooting team. Maybe not quite as good as last year, but Tyson Walker's a shooter. Um, you know, Malik Hall has hit shots before. Jay Nakin has hit shots before. So um, certainly they're going to be better than the 6.5% that they've hit so far, which is last of all 350 Division One teams. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to take more than that to beat Duke. Uh, I know Duke lost one the other day, but, um, you know, they're going to have to rebound better. Uh, I think they're going to need guys like Malik Hall and Jade Nakins and especially A.J. Holgrad, I've probably heard at the top of the list, to, to give them a little bit more. They're going to need more than Tyson Walker dropping 35 tonight. They're going to need a lot of these veterans who have been in these big games before um, to play well to be able to pull this one off. Yeah, Duke opened up the season with a win over Dartmouth, 92-54. They lost to then number 12, Arizona, 78-73 at home. That's a quality loss if there's such a thing as a quality loss, even at Cameron Indoor tonight. 
7 p.m., the tip on the Bristol Network at the United Center in Chicago. State did drop to number 18 uh, in the polls. Has Izzo talked about why this team is literally the worst shooting team in America early in the season? You know, he's kind of just chalking it up to, you know, a slump to start the year. You know, he'll say that these guys are shot well in practice, you know, throughout the summer, throughout the fall. Um, and that's really what everybody's saying. But, you know, you look at how this team's changed. It hasn't changed a lot since last year, but they did lose Joey Hauser, who was their best shooter uh, by volume and by percentage. He hit the most and um, hit the biggest percentage of them. So they take a step back there. But I also think that having a shooter like that in the front court at the fourth spot um, really opens up an offense. And um, I, I think he, his being able to shoot there and other teams having to guard him to the three-point line, I think that, that made things a lot easier for a lot of guys in the backcourt, for Tyson Walker and for Jaden Aiken and guys like that. I think they got more open shots because Joey Howard was there um, drawing defense into the front court. So I, I think – I think there's kind of a trickle-down effect from him, um, from him leaving. Um, Malik Hall, he's kind of taking his spot. He, he, I mean, he can hit some shots, but he, he's not the shooter that Joey Howard, Howard was. So I think they're, I think they're adjusting. I think they'll find their level eventually. But, um, you know, they, they've got some issues that they didn't have last year. Yeah, and one of the issues, just my observation, and Kyle Austin, MLive.com, Spartan Basketball Insider, joining us talking about Michigan State-Duke tonight. Great matchup, 7 p.m. The tip on the Bristol network down in Chicago. I just feel like they have too many guys in their rotation. You know, I'm watching Michigan last night and they basically rotate two, maybe three off the bench. And they seem to have a really good flow the first three games. And I just look at Michigan state and it's like when they get a flow going, uh, I know it's early in the season and Izzo is still trying to find that rotation, but I don't know if you could have a problem of being too deep, but that's my point early on with this team. Yeah, and this has kind of been the, the debate for a while, right, with Izzo. Um, you know, a lot of people think he has two bigger rotations. You know, last year they went smaller, then they got a couple guys hurt, and all of a sudden they were thin. So I, I think he felt like the bigger rotation would give him um, some insurance against injury. Um, and, you know, I, I think they'd like to be able to press a little more, to run a little bit more, and to basically have more fresh bodies to to roll off the bench and kind of wear teams down. But, you know, that hasn't obviously hasn't really been the case. Um, you know, that didn't work against James Madison. They lost their opener there. Um, um, so we'll see. But, you know, I, I think as time goes on, these freshmen could get a little bit more acclimated and become better um, better rotation members. Um, and and you've you got more options um, this year. So I, um, I, I can see both sides of it. Hey, Probably, practically speaking, as the year goes on, they will probably make it smaller. That's generally how, how they go. Once you get into Big Ten play, there'll probably be fewer guys playing and your key guys playing more minutes. But um, for now, yeah, there, there's still a lot to figure out for sure. Kyle Austin, MLive.com, Spartan Big Ten Basketball Insider. Well, what's your early observation on how the Big Ten looks in non-conference play? Uh, not great. Um, you know, you look at uh, you look at Maryland dropping two games early to, to sub um, sub power fives. Um, you know, look at some other teams. You know, Wisconsin lost the one to Tennessee, which Michigan State did too as an exhibition. Um, you know, really the only team that I think to me has outperformed its expectations is Michigan. Um, you know, I'm not sure how good St. John's is going to end up being, but I thought they certainly looked very good last night at Madison Square Garden. Um, so between that and Michigan State losing. 
uh, Purdueers look like Purdue, I guess they're they're meeting expectations, but. Um, it's probably too early, you know, a week into the season to start drawing any any conclusions about the league. But you know, um, for a league that really hasn't lived up to expectations in the last several years, which you talked about, um, it's the, the early returns are, are not hopeful that this will be the year that they break through. I agree with you on Michigan. Has been it's a pleasant surprise. It's not like they've knocked off three ranked teams, but just the way they look compared to last year, that they're playing some defense and. I said this in my opening huge opinion, is it Martelli's coaching versus uh, Howard? So uh, we'll see that when Juwan returns uh, to the bench. Uh, who is Izzo's best rotation? If, if you were his right-hand guy on that bench after the limited action you've seen so far, what would be your rotation? Um, you know, I, you start with a starting five. Um, you know, I think they've got the right guy starting there. Um, I know some people are down on Malik Hall. I, I think he'll come around on it. Um, you know, past that, um, I, I think Jeremy Fears needs to be in the game. I know he's not doing a lot, um, on offense for you right now. Um, but I, I think he's defending well. I think he's moving the ball well and pushing the ball in transition. Um, and, you know, Cohen Carr, um, is, he doesn't have really the shooting range yet, but he's a guy that just seems to make a lot of things happen on the court, if that makes sense. You know, he's got a nose for the ball. He finishes really well. Um, he can make those really kind of exciting, game-changing plays. So those are kind of the two freshmen um, I'd have off of there. Um, and then um, I, I think Trey Holloman's been okay. Uh, we'll see if there's really enough minutes for both him and um, Jeremy Fears going forward. Um, and then Xavier Burr, he's got to defend and rebound and play a little bit harder. Um, but I'd have him in there too. So I guess that's eight, uh, maybe a little bit bigger than you want. But you know, you bring in a five-star freshman class, you got to find a way to play those guys uh, with the way college basketball is now and give them a chance. I mean, I think we all know what happens when guys don't get the minutes they want. So that's that's kind of the push and pull I think that that they're dealing with there. One thing I I said in watching the opening game that college the the good college basketball teams in my mind always have a spot-up three-point shooter who can give you those games when they're 7 for 12 or 8 for 11 or at least give you three threes uh, when you're down or you're looking to pull away and they don't have that pure shooter. I know Walker can get hot, but and I don't think Akins is in that pure shooter category. He's still a, an athletic take-it-to-the-rack type of guy. I, I'm, I'm surprised there's not one on this roster for Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, and, and I guess if you do have a, a criticism of the of the incoming freshman class, you know, they got two McDonald's All-Americans and, and Cohen Carr. None of them are really a pure shooter. I, I think they all of them are, have some potential, but don't really have a pure shooter. The, the one best shooter they have is Derek Norman, who they're going to redshirt because he's not quite ready yet. Um, I, I think some of the – I do think they have guys who can hit shots. I think some of this is on A.J. Hogard, who, if you've listened to Time Is or Talk lately – that's been the biggest thing he's harping on is A.J. Hogard being better, A.J. Hogard being more engaged, moving the ball a little bit better, because I, I do think that if they can get the ball in the right spots to the right guys, um, namely Walker and Jaden Akins, that can unlock some things, and they, and they can do it. But I don't think they've, I don't think they've quite liked um, how the ball has moved in. I think they're still working on doing that, and, and that's what they'll try to do tonight. Kyle Austin, MLive.com, Spartan Basketball, Big Ten Insider, Michigan State, Duke tonight, 7 p.m. at United Center uh, in Chicago. Kyle, always appreciate the conversation.
All right. Thanks a lot, Bill. Now, remember, if you miss any huge opinion, interview, hour, or full show, our podcasts are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show, where you download podcasts and catch up and listen on your schedule. Big. Bad. Huge.